Yes. Yo, Steve. <laughs> you other bros. Did I tell you my like my many titles that I'm playing with? I have like 12 titles for what we're doing right now. And I have to figure out like as I break things up, I'm going to figure out what's what. But like I thought you had a good one. I have a lot. I thought of, you sent me a good one. I don't know. I have a lot of them. So like the the whole like first arc, like the, the bit about Plato and pre-Socratics and stuff in my head, it's all it's titled 300 Neckbeards or The Birth of the Rational Patriarchy or Saturn Devouring His Son. The preface is titled Austin's Quirky Critical Philosophy 101 or An Etymology of Western Reality for the Structurally Impaired or Footnotes to Footnotes to Footnotes to Plato. title this one like episode negative one or like episode zero <laughs> episode 1.2 <laughs> like it's gotta be it's not episode one and that much is true i don't know which episode it is at this point like the the show doesn't make that kind of sense anymore <laughs> which is great <laughs> it's my preference for sure wait so you guys this 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 hmm? this is ergo sum hey it's a podcast it's a Hi, podcast ergo. about philosophy mostly no um okay bear with me as i'm sure you've all heard by now i've struggled quite a lot to write this intro it's been hard to pick any one angle on something as abstract and personal as the study of philosophy creating a narrative around an ongoing experience is a complicated logistical challenge sort of an uncertainty indeterminacy principle situation i know where i'm at but not where i'm going I'm still discovering what the podcast is. Let's try to give a snapshot anyway. Yeah, I like, I, like I was saying before, I just like, I want to preface what we're doing the best way possible, right? Like, so, yeah, like Nestor and Aline were like fairly privy to what I've been, been like poking at over here. But Matt and Nicola, I think as you guys got a little of last time, like, going to try to like put some terms on the table so that we can then even start talking about philosophy cuz like I can't can't even get started without doing some like postmodern crap first. <laughs> it's like impossible to try to explain what my what my point is. So this is the second time I've attempted to teach Plato to this cohort and record the process. They did a great job discussing Plato the first time, but I felt like I did an insufficient job of presenting Plato the first time. Yeah, you did. So Mm-hmm. yeah sorry guys it's true i did it's not it's not good enough we can do better so i went back to the drawing board regarding my own preparation process and things pretty quickly spiraled into something much better than my initial plans a year ago on some primal level my thought process was something like there's a lot of anti-intellectualism and well frankly near fascism in the world today and it feels like i have to do or say something uh starting at the beginning of ethics and politics and tracing philosophy chronologically seemed to me like a simple, mature, rigorous way to talk about things that matter. And that was what I was going to do. At that point, I just wanted to record a more accessible philosophy podcast. And I had a good idea about how to do that. My hope was to, in the spirit of Socrates, sort of democratize knowledge. I wanted to, still want to dispel what I perceive as intellectual imposter syndrome among the populace at large, and to lay low the ivory tower, to point out to all the kids out there that ideas and shower thoughts are philosophy, if you're willing to look hard enough at them. We're definitely still going to do all that, 
But as I dove more properly into my research and my preparation, the project yeah grew a lot. Um, so let's just rip the metaphorical bandaid off and start with my new statement of intent as best and concisely as I can manage it. And I half apologize in advance. Mm. Now, until we're caught up, this show is a heuristic device, a performance of an authentic dialogue among amateurs recording for posterity to the best of our ironic ability and outlined to serve as a common vocabulary under erasure. It might just be neurotic post-structuralist hand-wringing, but I also think it'll be fun. Once we've done all that heuristic dialoguing through the so-called historical record, then I'd absolutely love to move on to contemporary cultural, social, and political issues and turn our freshly honed critical ethical tools towards those. Any questions? Too bad, because I'm going <laughs> to unpack all that crap I said in my mission statement so that we're all on Woof. the same page. Thank God. Woof. Yeah. See, already we have an issue with vocabulary, which likely will only become more complicated the more we address it. You'll see. Okay. Bear with me. I'm a bear. <laughs> Vocabulary. Noun. The body of words used in a particular language. Okay. Good? Great, thanks. Wait, actually. Wait, wait, actually. Okay. Uh, What's a language, then? The body of words used in a language. What's a language? That's complicated. Uh, Okay. All right. I wrote a thing already. I'm just kidding. The way I understand (laughs) it... You don't want to give us a chance. <laughs> did I trick you? Was that? Did you believe me for a second? <clears throat> you don't want to give us a chance. I do. Yeah, yeah go was... for it. Please lay it out. If you, you, none of you guys stepped up, so I was going to give you mine. Define language, please. All right. A set of syntax and grammar and vocabulary words. Oh, you can't use the word in its own definition. Shit. Yeah, that's shit. <laughs> so that that's that's a whole thing too. Oh, man. Actually, yo, that, that, I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but you, you, you can and you have to. You can't actually, like, you, you can't define a thing without using, like, words previous, from inside and yeah, outside. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, like, th- that's, what, um, that's what, like, Girdle's uh, fucking whole thing is about. What's it called? Uh, it's Girdle's incompleteness theorem, mm, right? Yeah. So, that, Matt, what you're saying is literally that's exactly what Girdle's incompleteness theorem God, is. God, like, fucking you realize, smart. Like, yeah, you're so smart. That was incredible. Bertrand Russell tried to do with math, and you were just saying you wanted me. to do with words. Yeah, <laughs> Matt's like Matt's linguistic indeterminacy <laughs> incompleteness theorem. Um, but yeah, it turns out you can't define anything that way. Like uh, information is necessarily like recursive, unfortunately, which is kind of a scary thing. Um, okay, wait, try again, like, Nestor. I want to hear like language is like. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like inputs, right? So like you have you have coding. So coding is like I am talking, I am interfacing with a computer. So we, we if it's between two people, I mean if it can either be spoken communication or signaling or anything that transfers knowledge from me to you, I would say. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to the way I defined it. Mm-hmm. Nicola, you got a you got a different angle or are you good with those? 
I was just going to say like a, a, a mutually intelligible method of communication. Yo, I like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so God damn you, man. Same. Yeah. Okay, right. wait. Okay. So ready? So the, the way Excluding I understand programming, it, I feel like, you know, so, <laughs> oh boy, I, I we will get into that, but they're all semiotics, like covers all the bases, right? Like all, all, all like symbols of like sign manipulation are languages, right? So like math, programming, mm-hmm. talking are all, are all the same type of like information communication. Wait, okay. So the way I understand it, Language is the technology that we invented to share complex, specific, abstract ideas, which in turn allows us to better manipulate complex, specific, and abstract ideas. It's like, it's the technology we invented to like put boxes around ideas and to be able to hand them back and forth and like move them around, smash words Yeah, that's together. interesting because we were talking, <laughs> our definitions included communication and that was like the, the key point, but your definition includes just the manipulation of the ideas both. themselves. I, I've said both. So, I, yeah, I think, I, and I wonder a lot about that. I think probably, like, sharing comes first. The, the, like, the impetus to be able to communicate between people is probably what comes first. But then, the like, the, the ability to, like, perform... Right, like, operations uh, on your ideas. Yeah, yeah. operations. Exactly, yeah. That, like, that, that comes second. Like, you have to, like, have, have a concrete idea to perform operations on it, right? Yeah. So, like, the drive, the desire to communicate across the void, like inadvertently gave us the tools to then like yeah to do complex operations with our our like complex abstract thoughts it's wild yeah Mm -hmm. and we talked about this before but if you don't have language when if you think in a language or if you think in terms of ideas that are made concrete by words and and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. if you don't have that language like say it's you know half a million years ago before language was invented well they might have had some grunts or whatever but their vocabulary was more limited than we (laughs) vocabularies we have today as far as speech yeah. were they able to have the same level of ideas i mean no if you totally don't have not, the same right? level of language then you can't manipulate the ideas because you don't have the tools for it totally the the language that you have at hand limits the kinds of ideas that you start with which then influences the kinds of ideas you're able to like invent mm-hmm. right like yeah it's the there's, there's got to be a good word for that but like like a semiotic bottleneck right well, you have like, I think you have ha- to be able to you have to be able to uh, communicate in language that or think in language that doesn't exist yet. Otherwise, we would otherwise language would never progress. Totally, so I you, agree. You, yeah, you, you have to you have to be able to do, like. Yeah, so I I would I like I I would. How far that. you can take it is maybe is maybe yeah totally you know, giving an analogy like you could only like you know if you had to program and all you could use was binary yeah, yeah. you could only write some really. Sh- simple shit but eventually but. somebody somebody abstracts a system on top of that yeah yeah um mm. uh yeah yes <laughs> this is like so <laughs> like in the way that like translating between languages is really complicated right like you can lose all the meaning in trying to like translate something between languages because it loses context right like a, an expression can only be meaningful in a certain context and trying to put those words in another context might be impossible even like tr- anyway the point is Language is very, very powerful, right? What language you're working with and what, what your vocabulary is has a huge impact on what kinds of ideas you have and what kinds of ideas you're able to have next, right? Like, Nicola, what you're saying about invention is totally true, right? People invent ideas. Like, that's what, like, philosophy is doing, is trying to invent language mm-hmm. to talk about the thoughts we already have, right? It's like meta-analysis. And that meta-analysis is where that invention comes in, right? It's the, like, thinking about the system is where things get added to the system. Um, let's see. So the words or symbols used in a language are a vocabulary. Is that cool? I'm down with that. 
Yeah, the words sure. or symbols used in a language are a vocabulary. Um, I'm down. So for my project, my podcast, a lot of the challenge here in teaching and in enjoying philosophy, as well as in uh, critical discourse about social stuff, is in finding the right words. Um, you need unusually specific, unusually abstract, unusually vague language. Right, we're talking about things that are both very vague, very abstract, and very, very like specific all at mm-hmm. the same time. And the fact that that's like uh, trying to like translate between like specialist language and like pop language is a is a tricky thing, right? Like the the reason that we have to talk about history of philosophy is just so that we can make sure that we touch all the terms and define them carefully, right? Because mm-hmm. like I want to make sure that people know what that I'm using a specific definition of each word. Otherwise, like what I'm saying is totally lost. Right. Like if I talk about, yeah. if I go to, if I go to my parents and talk about liberalism, what I say is going to like the, the same set of words might mean something completely right. opposite. They'll hear something yeah. Else. As if I said those same set of words to somebody else, they'll hear and, and understand something completely different. So I have to do the work of like actually defining what the fuck I mean by liberalism before I can say any of those things. Since we're trying to talk about everything, <laughs> like, like all of the ideas, we've got to go through all of the philosophy and make sure we define all of the terms, which. Yeah. I think is probably a really healthy exercise. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's great mm-hmm. because there's a lot of jargon out there that to me when you look into it sometimes it means something and sometimes it's just bullshit. Sometimes it's just synonyms and words for words sake. Yeah. yeah. But jargon's supposed to be like if you look into like quantum physics when they use a word, that word talks about it's not it's not just the word and the idea. It's an experiment that they did and the results that they had and the insights that they gained wrapped up into one word. Yeah. Wow. So when you say that word, it's a hyper every, specific, all the context yeah. is supposed to come with that. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, when somebody says that word in the terms of quantum physics or any sort of like hardcore science, if you're not getting all the context coming to mind when they say that one word, then you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. And so yeah. you end up with people using these words and jargon, but they're using it wrong and they're not getting any of what they're actually trying to communicate. Yo, so this is like <laughs> mandatory. So Nestor, remember how I was talking to you about my like jargon buster idea? Yeah. So this is a big thing. The yeah, like exactly. the the disparity between specialist language and everybody else's language is a thing I think a lot about. And I think that like jargon is problematic for that for that reason, right? Like people create jargon because it's efficient, right? Like when you're in your industry, you have special terms you use. Everybody in the industry knows, right? Like what you're talking about about uh quantum mechanics if you're like in a physics lab and you use physics terms the people in the physics lab understand what you mean but like if somebody Mm -hmm. quotes you and like puts it in the newspaper people may have no fucking Mm -hmm. clue what you're talking about so we need the the jargon is great because it makes us efficient but it's also really dangerous Mm -hmm. because it makes us unclear um Mm -hmm. i like the argument needs to be made and no one has ever sat down to argue is it worth being that efficient at the cost of lost communication or should physicists have to explain what they mean every time they talk because because then that like that democratizes the knowledge the thing they're talking about anybody can understand they just say it in such a short word that they're not taking the time to explain what they mean every time right and is it is it worth is it worth the like the speed of advancement that we get to leave so many of us behind are we able to actually bring everybody along together when our language is so disparate like across one culture are we like is the physics even meaningful are we able to to like use that advancement for anything good if 90% of the population has no fucking clue what it means and votes against their own interest and like votes against the science, right? Like what, what fucking good are those efficient terms if they can't communicate to the people who need to hear it, right? Physicists need I to be think, able to talk to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that it's, it's worth it for the people who are in the know to not, like if you and I both have a very specific understanding of something and you and I can talk 
using just one word to sum up that entire context, then I don't see why you and I would need to use bigger, longer, more verbose, verbose communication. But if somebody is like a science journalist and they are talking to a physicist and they don't know, I don't know. I think I, I think there just needs to be somebody. Somebody needs to acknowledge their ignorance sooner in the chain before they break the line of communication. So I, my, I would posit that there, there isn't actually ignorance. There's just obfuscation, right? It's like the person that doesn't understand the jargon doesn't have a, it's not that they don't understand the idea. It's just that they don't have that word yet, right? Like that person is most likely totally capable of understanding the concept. Mm -hmm. Right. But is it like, is it something that they've had a reason to dedicate the time to learn that word? No. Like, so I guess my, my point is more that like, it's hard or impossible to account for all the variables, right? So it's impossible to say that like the work that you and I might achieve with our efficiency will mean anything because if we're unable to communicate what we've achieved to anybody else, then it's lost, right? In the same way that like we talked about last time, like did was Plato really the first person to have this idea? It doesn't matter because whoever the first person was is dead and gone and their idea is dead and gone. Like it, it, it doesn't exist, right? Plato exists still because he's the he's the story we're still telling, right? Like it, it like if a, if a tree falls in the forest, does it fucking matter? If you and mm-hmm. I invent some mm-hmm. some like if you and I have some like conceptual breakthrough, but we can't fucking explain it to anybody, it doesn't matter. Like if we understand climate science, but fucking sixty percent of the population doesn't fucking understand, like what the fuck was the science worth? They should have done that mm-hmm. science slower in more accessible language, right? Like getting that science really fast is great, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't convince anybody of it. But if you perform the science in like terms that everyone understands in the first place, maybe it'll happen slower, but maybe we bring everybody along, right? Like, I I don't know. It's impossible to say one or the other. I don't know. I think I disagree on this climate change thing. It's just an example. I'm picking it as like an example. I mean, you could pick anything. Like you, you talk about like cell phones, right? Some people like don't understand the cell phone and they're afraid of it, right? Like, because they don't have the sure. language to understand. I just feel like thing. the problem with climate change is not is not an inability on scientists' part to explain what's happening clearly. I feel like it is a an ability by lobbyists to explain an alternate proposal uh, that equally compelling uh, with a lot more money behind it. Totally, but like, imagine if the science was explained in a way that was more digestible, right? Like, then it becomes more appealing. I think people people get into the the like. They go with the lobbyist because that's language they understand. Like, oh, this makes sense to me. The scientist yeah, is exactly. using all these big words. I don't know what the fuck that like. What what is that like smarmy asshole talking about? This person over here is like talking about guns that I understand, <laughs> right? Like, well, they like, also. I mean, they also play. They, they they play into like super primal things. Like, you can't yeah, really. Yeah, you totally. can't fight against like fear that's like innate. Uh, and, but see, I would say that that's like that's comorbid with our language right like the way that we respond to fear is tied up in the way we talk about things like all you know it's all it's all one problem like the language is definitely the the problem i don't have the solution i have ideas about what i think would make things better but like it's definitely a communication issue right everything is a communication issue fundamentally like if you could have clear communication then like we'd be fine most people are not horrible assholes most people don't want to watch the world burn but they don't <laughs> understand like mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. But I mean, that's tricky too. I mean, like, if you're talking like, because uh, you're saying that applies to even like, let's just say, like, nuclear technology, like totally. nobody, right, right, right. Because if we don't, if we don't all understand, like, why, how would we vote for in our best interests? Yeah, like we're getting at her. Yeah, and I guess my point was just saying that, like, I, I, 
I, I'm, I'm raising a question about, about specialized language. I'm not necessarily trying to pose an answer, but I like, it seems clear to me that like that it is a problem and, and we'll get into it. We're like, we kind of, we kind of jumped my whole script. We like kind of covered a lot of bases <laughs> really quick, which is fucking perfect. Um, but yeah, the like the inability to like communicate ideas cleanly across society is clearly a challenge, right? Like, uh, it's impossible to know that you've communicated exactly your own feeling to someone else. It's impossible to like know that like my idea in my head is the same as the one I've communicated to you. And the farther apart we get, like that can only make things more complicated. I don't know. Um, okay. I worry about volume. I mean, even if you can, even if you can you know, get rid of all the jargon and replace it with some more clear, uh, I don't know, longer explanation every single time. There's still so much volume. I mean, the whole point of the education system from a, from a public service perspective is to give the populace enough knowledge that they understand the world, that they can guide the country in a direction they want. But there's so much... A shared vocabulary. It's like that, trying to establish a shared, a, a unified vocabulary, right? That's the same thing. Like, we're trying to make sure that we all have the same words for things. When you go to school, but like, even just the, even just getting the concepts, there's so many concepts out there in the world, and there's sure. more and more stuff to learn. Yeah, totally, I agree, absolutely. There, there's and getting that. I don't think I can know enough about quantum physics that they can get rid of the jargon. I don't know that I can know enough about climate science that they to- can get rid of the jargon. Totally. Like, well, I, I disagree because, like, yeah, you know, there is no idea in any of those things that can't be explained within maybe three years. But like, okay, if it takes three years to explain a term in quantum physics, like that might be okay. Is that the end of the world? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying is like, that might be, that might be better for, for like, we talk about like collective action, right? Like we want to, what good is progress if it doesn't, if it doesn't like, if it doesn't trickle down, right? Like what mm-hmm. good is progress if it doesn't like get to everybody eventually? I was just talking to Dan about this yesterday. We're going to have people living full-time in space while people still live full-time on dirt floors. Like there are going to be humans mm. living in space full time while there are still humans living in dirt floors. And that's weird. That's crazy to me. Like, the, like the having the freedom to do all those things at the same time is great. But like the person living in the dirt floor does not have the option to live in space. Um, so like, I, I guess my thing is like, I, the, the velocity of like the, the fastest advancing part of our society is not really the metric, right? Like I, I am interested in what the center is doing. So like if it takes four years to talk about quantum mechanics, that's fine. Most people don't need to know about quantum mechanics. Like if it takes four years to say the idea every time, okay, <laughs> like maybe, maybe that's better than like getting the thing done and not being able to explain it. Maybe that's better than having words that people don't know that other people can't use. I don't know. All right, this is my but question. Mars. Yeah, what about Mars, bro? But Mars, I want to go to Mars. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, me too. I just want to make sure that everybody can go that wants to go. Um, <laughs> all aboard, it's coming aboard. Uh, I don't know, Austin. I think I, I, don't, I think I fundamentally disagree with the idea that if you just explain things to people clearly enough, like if you just explain how things work clearly enough to people that everyone would agree. I just, I, I don't think you could explain anything clearly enough to get everybody on the same page regarding climate science. I just don't think it's, uh, ultimately people are going to like, you're going to run out of steam in, from a scientific perspective in terms of like what you can exactly describe the impact to be. And at that point, like people will be like, well, you know what? I just don't think that that's going to be a big, like, you know what? I just disagree. Or like, I just, whatever. Yeah. So I think I feel I, differently. I think I, I think I agree with your conclusion that like, ultimately you can't get everybody on the same page ethically, but I don't think it's a problem of community. Yeah. Like, so yeah, 
practically speaking, nobody is going to have the patience to explain it for three years. That's not really what I'm talking about. I like, I'm not Mm -hmm. proposing practical situations. I'm talking about like, hypothetically, how do we understand the problem? Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the, my whole, I, I frankly, broadly am uninterested in like application of any theory. I just want to talk about what should be. I don't really care about whether it's practical or not. That's like not what philosophy is for. That's somebody else's problem. Somebody else will figure out how to make it work, but I got to, I want to figure out what like we should be doing. Right. We've got to figure out what we should before we start. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, what's interesting is like you said that you said I, you strongly disagree, but I think if you start at the very base, like uh, if everyone had the exact same set of experiences and like learnings, would you disagree then as well? Or like, or like yo, then, to we'd draw all, the, then we'd all be the same person. Wait, to draw the extreme. Yeah. Say that again. I if we all had the exact same experiences and the yeah. like, an exact same biology, we'd be the same person. So wait, I was going to draw the, 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 like the far end of the spectrum, right? The opposite end of like our messy communication is like, if you compare two identical math problems, right? Like, that is the same like language process right a math problem is just like a language process right it's just like ideas and operations in the same way that like a sentence is just like concepts and operations performed on those concepts but like math is very well defined and we have usually very very like uh, you know unified agreed upon definitions of what integers mean right like everybody agrees about what one means uh so like that is a language that is like very, very unified and people are going to come to the same conclusion most of the times if you give them the same problem, right? Like excluding that like uh, order of operations trick. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But there's an agreed upon. Yeah, outside uh, of that. Like if you you give three people the same like same math problem, if you give four different people one plus two plus three, they're all going to get the same answer. That's just language, right? But what you're saying, Nicola, is that at that point they like they lose they lose identity, right? Like those problems are not different math problems anymore. You can write it out four different times, but it's the same math problem, right? In the same way that like if we were having the exact same language experience, we were having the exact same conceptual, internal, subjective experience. Yeah, we'd be the same person. Yeah, writ writ twice, but like indistinguishable and meaningless to say there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, yeah, we just like skipped a few sentences. Basically like the focus in my mind is making sure that we have a shared vocabulary, right? That we're using the same definitions for words. Um, mm-hmm. And so you that, have that vocab list, right? Yeah. Can we oh, talk my, about that I- other document? <laughs> can we talk about irony? Can yeah. we start there? No, it's not about <laughs> irony. It's about, it's ironism. <laughs> a little different. Come on, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I think you said the word irony. And uh, yeah, I'm I sure I have the word. word I was going to deconstruct yeah, it, man. Uh, or ironic. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Irony is a couple steps down. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I okay a, I, good no wait that's the most complicated word in the whole thing nicola irony is the hardest one of all um okay the most like meta term possible <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the whole yeah okay uh let me read more script <clears throat> so
this conversation went on for a good long time, and I'm going to break it here to uh, spare the ear and spoil the catalog. This has been part one of episode zero of Ergo Sum, an amateur's review of philosophy. Tune in next week for part two of episode zero of Ergo Sum, an amateur's review of philosophy. After all is said and done, I think more has been said than done, but it's been a pleasure as always. I'd like to thank French Cassettes for the use of their Seahorse EP for our intro and outro music. They've put out a lot more music since then, and it's all absolutely fantastic. Go check them out at fullfrenchy.com. That's F-U-L-L-F-R-E-N-C-H-Y dot com. And then I'd also like to thank U.S. Games Systems for the use of their Smith Weight Tarot Mark for our cover art. Uh, you can find us on all your social media under the name ErgoSoom Podcast. If you'd like to help cover our hosting fees and technical upgrades, you can find us at patreon.com slash ErgoSoomPodcast. Uh, lastly, feel free to email us at ErgoSoomPodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, or corrections. Thanks very much. Catch you all next time. <laughs> Thank you.